Hello, and welcome to the Keep It Local Maine podcast, where we tell the stories of local business owners, artists, and entrepreneurs, and learn more about what they do, who and what inspires them, their challenges, successes, and more. My name is Todd Regalinski. And I am Kimberly Regalinski. And we are the publishers of Keep It Local Maine, a magazine that helps to showcase local businesses to the people in and around their communities. Thank you for tuning in to our weekly podcast that you can subscribe to on most streaming services such as Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, Google Podcasts, and others. You can learn more about us at keepitlocalmaine.com and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube through the links in the show notes. In this episode, we'll be talking with Maine multimedia artist Sarah Violette. Sarah is a photographer, videographer, and former music artist from Southern Maine. After years of performing music in Portland, she began creating music videos for other artists in the area and is now a full-time media freelancer based in Lewiston. The list of artists she's worked with includes Dave Gutter, Sydney the Singer, Spose, Christina Kentigian, Shane Rise, Ben's Been Dead, and many more. And now, a quick word from our sponsor. Weather is getting warmer and it's project planning season, which means you should call Maine Commercial Contracting, your locally owned choice for residential and commercial services in southern Maine. They'll be there for that new driveway, walkway, or excavation for your home and for your business with parking lot paving, road milling, heavy hauling, and competitive commercial pricing. So when you need your project done right and on your timeline, get a hold of the company with the appetite for excellence and the skills to see it through. Call Maine Commercial Contracting at 207-391-0540 for a free estimate or find them online at maincommercialcontracting.com. Welcome to the show, Sarah. We're so glad to have you here today. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. So you've had really an interesting journey from yeah. um, going from a writer and a performer to photographer, a videographer. Can you kind of explain, you know, how that those transitions, how did that happen? Yeah. So it was kind of intersected through music videos, a lot of it. Mm -hmm. So as I started performing more, because I started writing when I was 13 and I'm 33 wow. now. So I started making music pretty early on. And then as time went on, I realized I wanted to be, I thought I wanted to be a journalist. So I went mm -hmm. to college at USM for media studies. Hmm. And in media studies, we had to take video production classes. And as we started taking those, I realized what it took to make a music video and what I needed to do. Mm -hmm. And I was just really enthused at the idea of making one for somebody else or making one for myself. Mm -hmm. And so that was around 2013 that I started dabbling more into video production. And I also in college had written a piece about bird watching for my, mm -hmm. my journalistic studies. Mm -hmm. And that kind of sparked the photography aspect. So it had kind of been intersecting for a while. Mm -hmm. um, I would say after about, you know, eight years of writing music and, and going to college, I, I learned that there were so many other facets um, of art that I was curious about. So that's kind of where those two things started to intersect. But it wasn't until 2018 that I started taking uh, the media aspect way more seriously. I took out a loan to get a nice Sony a7S II camera and mm -hmm. started booking clients uh, to make music videos that year. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. So it all yeah. goes back to bird watching in some, <laughs> in some small way. In some small way, bird watching is the thread that holds the fabric of reality together. For me. <laughs> <laughs> because you, I mean, so when you you started writing at thirteen, but when did you kind of start being interested in bird watching? Because yeah. that really does seem like a kind of a thread that runs through everything. Totally. So it was about ten years later. Um, I was <laughs> I kept writing pieces about music for my journalist class, Dennis Gilbert's <laughs> media class uh, for writing. And he got so annoyed with me writing about music. He was like, please just write about something else, write about anything else. Mm -hmm. 
And so I had a friend named Doug Hitchcock, who's like the the most phenomenal bird watcher of Maine. And uh, he he's now the head of the Maine Audubon. Uh, I actually got to interview him a little bit for the story that I wrote. And after I wrote the story, I kind of understood why people bird watch. Because at first I was like, this is crazy. Y'all are crazy. I don't know why you do this. <laughs> and then I got into it and I was hooked. And I was like, wow, there's like such a mental clarity and such a therapy and forgetting everything else in your life and just like being on the hunt to find something like a flying flower in the sky uh so yeah that's that's really what it was for me that is you know now that you say that I kind of want to try bird watching now because (laughs) I I would love to have some of that clarity and calmness in my life it's really nice yeah (laughs) and actually we do appreciate because you were you were supposed to go out bird watching today well, yeah, I was thinking about that. I was supposed to come this morning. And it's not like I'm supposed to. It's like I just do it again for my, mm-hmm. my mental health. And now that mm-hmm. I work from home, I make sure I have a bit of a routine. But then I woke up and there were like three bluebirds like right near my window, which was really nice. So I actually managed to get a few shots of some bluebirds nearby. So oh, it worked cool. out. <laughs> okay, good. Well, I'm glad that we I'm glad that everything kind of panned out in yeah. terms of making all those things happen. So do you have a favorite one? Do you have a favorite bird or is there... Yeah, is there a favorite bird that you'd like to try to find or watch or? Yeah, I mean, it's so hard to say what my mm-hmm. favorite is. Like, if I see an owl, I am mm-hmm. going bananas. Like, I'm just yeah. I'm over the moon. Like, there's something about there's some predator birds that just have a weight to them. There's mm-hmm. like, like the density of their energy is so fun to be around, mm-hmm. I guess to say. Yeah. Um, but like, it's the same with a great blue heron for me or an egret. Um, I love bluebirds. I love warblers. Warblers are so fun to watch. Um, so yeah, I guess those would be the top three for me. Hmm. It is kind of funny because you mentioned the the predator birds, like having kind of that weight. I remember hmm. driving over the Scarborough Marsh on Route One, and there was a hawk, and it was just perched on like one of those posts that are not that far from the road. Mm-hmm. And it's just perched there, and it doesn't give a rip about anything no. going on around it. It's just watching the cars go by and just, just hanging out. And I'm like, that is a bird that is not used to being scared of too many things. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. Yeah, and it's, it's funny you mentioned the Scarborough Marsh because I grew up in Pine Point um, partly because my parents were divorced, but my dad lived there, and he's a fisherman out of Pine Point. And so I got to be around the marsh all the time bird watching, and that's where I got to see like so many cool different species, you know. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Yeah. All right. So we're going to take, it's going to be an entire bird watching podcast. And, <laughs> unless I ask another question, because I could literally ask just more questions about bird watching because now I'm, I've, I've latched onto that. That's my new like binky apparently. Um, but do you feel that some of the experiences and skills that you developed as a rapper, as a performer, as a writer have helped you in what you're doing now? I mean, I think it's obvious just from what you said before, but can you kind of get into maybe some specifics about how those translated? Yes, absolutely. I definitely wouldn't have been able to do one without the other. For one, the clients, uh, Mm. the people who believe in me to shoot their music videos are people that I made music with to start. Mm. Dre Sr., Shane Rise, uh, Spose, people like that who I've had been already had a relationship with, you know, reached out all the time this past year and, you know, we made stuff. But if we're talking about just the art of it, um, I think the confidence for one, 
I'm never really afraid to fail, which is nice. I really mm -hmm. like that about myself. <laughs> it's like if I make something and it's not that great, I'll just get them next time because I'm just mm -hmm. I'm just enjoying making it. And that's how I always was with music as well. Mm -hmm. um, if I didn't have a great show, if I didn't have, you know, a great uh, pen game that day or my cypher wasn't great, it was fine. You know, I'll, I'll come get them the next time. So I think those two things have really helped out a lot. But also just when I made music, I was always trying to think visually for how the music video would go, even whether I was directing or not directing. Um, I would always try to have at least a spark of a visual. So I think working those muscles during the time of being so heavy in music helped me progress to the point that I'm at now. One of the things I'm kind of curious about is, do you feel you have an idea of where that confidence comes from? Is it something specific you can point to? Or is it just like, no, this is just who I am? It's really a good outlook. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. I think partly it just was built in me. Um, I think maybe because I was really good at sports growing up. And I think I always had a lot of I always had a lot of support, too. So mm -hmm. even if I felt like people were judging me, there is this weird internal thing in me that just shuts it off so well. And just is I'm just so aware of that idea of doing what I love, mm. like regardless of anything else doing what I love means so much to me. Mm -hmm. And the idea of getting better at something means so much to me. So I'm, it's really easy for me to drown out, you know, anybody looking at me weird, which I got a lot of that, you know, growing up and rapping in Hollis, Maine. So <laughs> yeah, there's just a weird internal voice in me that's always been really solid, I that's guess. Awesome. That's so cool. Yeah. Hollis, Hollis rap that. scene is, is way underrated. The <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the Hollis rap scene was pretty wild. <laughs> so what has been your primary focus for going into media full time? What was, you know, what was that primary focus? That's a really good question. My primary focus has been making music videos, mm -hmm. um, which is mostly my income. Mm -hmm. And then on the other hand, doing what I love, which is just being in nature. So mm -hmm. right now I'm trying to balance like the business with the love because mm -hmm. I know very well that if you if you make something you love just purely business, you're probably going to hate it within the next couple of years. So mm -hmm. that's been my primary focus is making sure that A, I get better, but B, I balance, you know, the business with the love. Mm -hmm. Now, when you when you're going after clients, I guess, who would you say is kind of your ideal client base right now? Yeah, I would say it's my friends that I make music with. <laughs> <laughs> which I have a ton of friends who make music. So it's like, even if it's not somebody I'm super close with, like Dave Gutter reaching out last year. Mm -hmm. um, I've never been super close with Dave, but it felt like we've known each other for a long time when we started filming together. So mm -hmm. clients like that who feel warm and welcoming because maybe we've, we've been around the same rooms together for a while and there's mm -hmm. just a lot of love there from the music scene. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, the thing with me, too, is that I don't really go after clients. Um, most clients come to me through word of mouth. And I really like it that way because I don't mm -hmm. like to be like, hey, you need a music video. You need this. I'm not a salesman. I'm a terrible salesman. Uh, <laughs> awful at it, to be honest with you. That's why I kind of like moved away from music because I'm terrible at selling music. Uh, it's something I've never been good at <laughs> and probably never will be good at. And I'm OK with that because it's things have worked out in a way that cater to who I am authentically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I can definitely identify with that 
uh, aspect of things. That's why I don't do the sales part of our business. I just stay in my totally. office and make and make things sound and look pretty. That's that's my go. gig. Yeah. Um, so what kind of advice would you give to to other folks who are trying to kind of do what you did, not necessarily go from the specific, you know, performing to video and, and media, but kind of following that path, like this is where I want to get to. And what advice would you give to, you know, younger folks who are starting out and, and heading in that direction? I guess my advice would be, A, don't be afraid to reinvent yourself ever. I think that's always mm-hmm. something that's that's part of growing. If you want to keep growing, you need to kind of be fearless in the sense that, you know, maybe you're not going to do this thing that you've done your whole life for a little bit and you're going to enthusiastically and passionately fall into something else. And that's Mm -hmm. also really exciting. You know, don't be afraid to let go. Um, That's number one. And I guess number two would be to just keep thinking about the thing that you're passionate about. And if your, your energy is going into a different direction, don't be don't like shut yourself down and think that your identity is only one thing, I guess. Mm. I like that, that you can reinvent yourself. Yeah. yeah. Perspective to have. Definitely. It's definitely helped me a lot in life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's great. And it seems like there's a lot of times where people can really identify who they are by their job. Right. Right. You know? Oh my God. So much of that. So yeah. much of that. And I think that's kind of scary. Um, yes. Because there's so many elements to a person that aren't just like, you know, I'm a fishmonger or I'm a property manager because, you know, those are jobs I've had, but I've never solely felt that they were all I was. And I do find that in America, especially, you know, in in capitalism, we tend to be like, this is what I do. So this is who I am. And Mm. I just I hope people, you know, kind of as we go forward in the future here, kind of stray away from that and find other elements that make them truly happy. Yeah. Find a little bit more of that balance. Like you were talking about, yeah. you know, you have to Absolutely. you have to have the balance between the love and, and the and the gig a little bit. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So we, we couldn't go too too long or too far without getting back to bird watching because again, <laughs> I'm utterly freaking fascinated by this now and I'm 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 gonna be out stomping through a marsh not knowing I'll be scaring away all the birds all the bird watchers are gonna hate me because like you just can't wait you're messing things up dude (laughs) but being an avid bird watcher and uh, Mm -hmm. I've seen a ton of your nature photography on Instagram and it's it's gorgeous like I I always I keep meaning to buy prints and I don't and I need to get over that because I'm like that's okay I want that I need a better system for people to buy prints so don't worry about it there are so many of your photos that are are definitely like wall worthy that would should be on people's walls because they're beautiful (laughs) Um, but what's your process of capturing those images and and how do you how is it different from other projects that you do so my process is really kind of I wing it a lot like I just set up my camera you know, to the settings that I know I'm going to need. So I don't know if you want me to go into that, but you know, I put the shutter speed really high and I put my F-stop kind of high and I take my camera that weighs like 10,000 pounds with a huge <laughs> lens and I traverse wherever, um, whether I'm taking my dog for a walk or I'm just going for a walk, I pretty much always have it on me mm-hmm. because I always see something when I don't have my camera. So I like mm-hmm. to bring it just in case. So my process really is to just I usually just go into the woods for like solitude or, you know, for a a bit of thinking or whatever it is that I'm going for. I I usually plan on seeing a bird or something. And 
it's not really a process so much as it's like, oh, that happens to be there. I'm going to yeah. try to get this shot of it before it flies away. And I guess that's really the fun part for me is like the challenge of the hmm. chase. <laughs> it was something I had to stop doing in relationships so much. And like, <laughs> now I just put it into birds. You know, the chase of the bird is is kind of thrilling to me. Mm-hmm. And like, I love the unpredictability of it. Like you never know what you're going to run into. I saw a fisher cat in my tree once, uh, this past summer. Wow. So you just never know. And that's kind of my process is going into it with like the unpredictability factor and being excited by it, I guess. Yeah. That's so cool. First of all, I only imagine what seeing that fisher cat must've been. Cause I've only heard, <laughs> I've only heard of them and heard them a couple yeah. of times. Yeah. Terrifying noises. Terrifying. Oh yeah. In the middle of the mm-hmm. night you hear that, like that'll send a shiver up your spine. <laughs> it really sure. does. Quickly. <laughs> but to me, it's also, it's funny that you mentioned like chasing, you know, it's the chase because I feel mm-hmm. like that could also be applied to writing because it, yes. Yeah. The times that I've been really writing. True. I feel like I'm kind of chasing words or I'm just trying to keep up with what's coming out. I agree. Yeah. That's a really good point. Which is, you know, again, you just keep, you keep chasing, you keep chasing and you never quite catch it. <laughs> you never quite do. But the moments where you're like there for the mm-hmm. most part, um, you know, are worth coming back to. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. So the same way you've had, you know, musical influences, who are your media influences? Who, who have you been influenced by in the media field? Honestly, it's been pretty local, mm-hmm. like local people, especially women in media. Lauren Hottinger is somebody who I'm really inspired by a lot. Her self-portraits are really inspiring to me. I don't know if you've seen them, but mm. she does these really cool things that like I would never think to do. And because I was a writer for so long and I worked that muscle, learning how to think creatively in a visual manner is mm-hmm. very new to me. I'm not particularly good at it yet. I don't know how to like create worlds and put them on camera just yet. I'm still, you know, baby stepping my way through that. But someone like Lauren Hottinger who, you know, will put a TV on her head and take a self-portrait or put an umbrella on fire and and take a (laughs) self-portrait. That's just so cool to me. Um, So she's definitely one of them. Savannah Doris, who's a portrait photographer as well is so talented and I really love her work a lot. Uh, the colors are so vibrant. And then I guess I would say Josh Hand is another guy who his company is Bird Theory and he's done a lot of music videos for, you know, Ghost of Paul Revere, Spose, um, Dave Gutter, a few others. So he's another one who just, he thinks visually in a way that is so poetic to me. Um, so I would say those are the top three people I've been keeping an eye on and whose work I look forward to. Nice. Do you feel it's an yeah. asset that you're kind of, like you say, you're, you're, you've thought so long in terms of, of words, Yeah. but now being new to this, to the visual, do you feel like that's kind of an asset that you have that backlog drawn, but then you also get to discover these new things? Mm-hmm. It's funny that you call it an asset. It doesn't feel like one right now. I wish it did. (laughs) (laughs) To me, it feels like I have this muscle that's kind of useless, but I know it's not useless. I think it's just my perspective. It's just that like, wow, I used to be really good at that. And now I'm not so good at this. It kind of feels like Michael Jordan going to baseball. Not that I feel like I'm the Michael Jordan of writing, but (laughs) it just, you know, (laughs) I worked at that one thing for so long and now I have to redo these. I have to work on these other muscles that I've never had. So it's not that I don't appreciate my writing. Um, I think the sensitivity that came 
from writing is definitely transferring over. So in one way, I think that's an asset Mm -hmm. because I do feel like I allowed myself to be really like emotionally intimate with my writing. So I think that transfers over almost automatically in a way. And that's been really cool to see. Yeah. I'm always interested in those types of things as someone who's kind of picked up skills along the way and never had like a, oh, and this is my career sort of thing. And (laughs) And then even in music, like always been like, oh, maybe I'll try and learn this thing. And mm-hmm. I've got no right to be playing this. <laughs> like, I've got no right to be trying to play bass. But it, it changes how I think about music because I'm like, oh, this is totally different than what I've done before. And just how it can it can open those things up. And I totally get what you're saying about it. it's that muscle that you're like, uh, I don't want to be doing that. It's like doing crunches if you've never done crunches before. Like, I don't <laughs> want to. Exactly. Exactly. No. And it's it adds depth. Like when you go to play bass, like you're adding depth to your perspective. Mm. So it's like maybe it's you're not the greatest at it immediately. But as you're working that new muscle and you're adding depth to your arsenal, it feels good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and it's also that outside perspective of, you know, other people like, wow, that sounds great. And you're like, no, no, it doesn't. Here, let me tell you the 10 times just in that two minutes that I messed up. Exactly. And, and in kind of the same way, like you hearing you saying that you're not good at this. I'm like, if that's not good, please let me be not good. Because I've always, I've always like wanted, I've, I've had this weird thing where I'm like, I kind of want to be good at photography, but I just don't feel like I have the eye. So I see mm-hmm. like the, the photos that you take, I'm like, Dude, if that's not good, sign me up. I'm <laughs> Well, it's so funny you say that. I cuz I'm really hard on myself and I've always been really hard on myself, which I like. Um it's funny. I have this really weird relationship with myself where I'm really kind to myself, but I'm also really hard on myself and I expect a lot of myself. Hmm. Um but I was looking at a photo of a blue jay I took in 2011 and it's so terrible. It's like the worst thing I've ever seen. And I was looking at the Blue Jay one I took yesterday and I was like, wow, that is just crazy growth. Mm-hmm. Like that is really great to see. And I guess that's why, you know, I, I have that balance of like, this isn't great, but we're, we're going to do better. Yeah. I kind of mm-hmm. feel like a kindergartner teacher yeah. with myself where we're like this, you know, this could use a lot of work and we can, <laughs> we can do a lot better here, um, <laughs> but I'm glad we had fun making it. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually the so perfect, that's, perfect way to think about yeah, it. Like yeah. everyone needs that inner kindergarten teacher that's like, it's okay, we, we can learn. Yeah. <laughs> we can work. Instead of like the inner drill sergeant that most of us have. Yeah, yeah, that drill sergeant. I, I try to stay away from that because like I said, it's so important to me to enjoy what mm. I make and I don't want to mm-hmm. lose that. I just, mm. if I lose that, I'm going to be a miserable person. Um, and I, I just don't want to be a miserable person. I want to be like a really enthusiastic, have that inner child in me still. Mm, yeah, yeah, totally. So I'm going to ask a, a purely selfish question. Uh, do you think you'll write or record again anytime soon or, or anytime in the future? Great question. It's not something I'm really planning on. What I've been telling people is I, I'm not doing it right now but if something happens to me um, that's emotionally devastating you'll know (laughs) you'll absolutely know because i will have an album ready to go um i did a little bit of writing this year but it was the least amount i've done since i was 13 years old which Mm. is really wild to me um, Mm. because i went from writing just about every day to writing maybe three verses in 2021 i do have a couple of features coming out this year um, I have one with 
actually i can't say who just yet because i think it's uh, partly a surprise but uh-huh. i also have one with miles bullen which comes out tomorrow from his album so there's a couple of little verses here and there i'm sprinkling on people's <laughs> you know speakers but that's about it right now i don't have a plan to make an album anytime soon i don't have a plan to make a song if inspiration hits that's yeah. great Um, but I'm just so happy right now and I don't want to like start digging for emotional turmoil just to create art. Um, I want to just enjoy the moment of not having, uh, some devastation in my life. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, that can, that can be tough to, if you're used to writing in that way, I've, I've kind of had to learn that myself a little bit creatively speaking to to be able to create when you're not like, ah, everything is all wrong and horrible. And Yeah. And I, I can create, I just can't do it musically. Uh, mm. Musically. I don't know how to make things that are happy that fulfill me. It just yeah. doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the questions we like to ask, cause we always get here just all these different answers and it's just really cool to hear is how would you say that you define success? I love that question because I think it's so different for so many people, mm. like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, it's it's really about what I talked to earlier, and that's about balancing, you know, my love of art with with financial security. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like, if I am, you know, financially able to make the things that I love making, uh, to me, that's absolute success. Mm-hmm. And if I still love making those things, right. um, mm. so yeah, for me, it's always been about that balance of doing what I love and getting better at it again without the drill sergeant, keeping that kindergartner teacher inside of me and, you know, keeping my bank account remotely uh, stable. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I need. I'm I'm like a really simple person. I don't need fame. I don't need, you know, crazy attention for anything. I don't need accolades. I just need to be able to kind of like a room of one's own, you know, I just need to be able to make the things that I want to make and feel secure doing that. That's great. And some birds. And some birds. <laughs> if I see an owl, that's a success, successful day. <laughs> owls are uh, yeah. owls are really hard to find, right? I mean, they, they are. They, I've I've only seen a couple, like by total accident. Yeah, the thing I don't like about social media taking over the way it has is that, again, what we just talked about with like love and success, your hobby becomes your money maker. You do unethical things to make your money. So people are starting to like bait owls um, to get them closer. And then they'll make noises near the owls so that their eyes will open up wider when they take the photo or, you know, take the video. And that's really upsetting to me. Mm. (laughs) So when I do these things, I I make sure to like have respect for nature and Mm. absolutely like I'm not going to track down an owl that's stressed out and Mm -hmm. and all that so if I see an owl it's because I organically saw it It, it, you know it appeared that where I was in that moment or um, it just happened to be where I was Mm -hmm. so I I do think it's important that you bring that up they are hard to find they are rare and so like you know if you're if you're into nature make sure you're not doing that kind of unethical stuff yeah Yeah. what makes it that much more special when it actually (laughs) does happen it really does yeah I feel like people take away that that therapy moment when Mm -hmm. they get too caught up in the success of it Mm -hmm. yeah that because you can't I mean you can you can try I mean to try and like gin up that like oh my gosh moment like those endorphins or whatever that you know Mm -hmm. that excitement but it's not the same it just Mm -hmm. isn't no 
It's not. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make this conversation so take me down there. <laughs> no, it's just no, been on my it, mind recently. We're we're still talking birds. I'm I'm still I'm still excited about it. It's even <laughs> even so. Uh, another question that we love to ask because we are inspiration junkies uh, is that who or what inspires you? I would say nature at this point in time. I mean, there's been so many things. Anything can inspire me at any moment, which you know is great. I love having that ability to just be inspired in the moment. But right now I would say nature has just mm. taken taken my my heart and made it explode. Mm. Do you have a favorite place in nature that you like to go to? Is there whoa, a whoa, whoa. Now you see yeah. you're, you're asking. It's almost like yeah. asking a fisherman, like, so, where's their favorite spot? Oh, okay. No, actually, no, do no, that. no, you're How about fine. This? It's, better, no. it's almost like asking your mom back in the day, like, oh, can you tell me what the recipe for is? She'll give you 90% of it. <laughs> And yeah. leave out some stuff. No, I actually love describing my favorite spot because right now it's in back of my house. We bought oh. a house in Lewiston in 2020. And what I didn't realize is that the backyard is filled with wetlands. So in the summer, it's like completely vegetated and there's just tons of water. It's like a freshwater marsh almost, which mm-hmm. is great. But in the winter, when it's been freezing cold, it's completely iced over. Mm-hmm. And when you get to walk across it, there is a huge forest. It's just like a pristine, untouched forest. Wow. And I go back there. And every day at four o'clock is when the bluebirds show up, um, mm. which is awesome. So I just, you know, I take a walk through the woods and at four o'clock, the bluebirds show up at this particular spot. So I hide myself and take photos of them. Um, but yeah, that's been my favorite spot this winter, especially. I've been outside almost every single day this winter. I can't think of a day that I didn't, hmm. you know, go out back there. That's so so cool. that's been really nice to have. Especially yeah. right in your backyard like that. Oh my God. It's such a blessing. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hate traveling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I should love traveling, but I'm such a homebody. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So being able to like have a world away, yeah. you know, from my house is awesome. That's cool. Yeah. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to talk with us, yes. uh, for postponing a bird watching a little bit. Uh, we really appreciate it. This yeah, has actually been, been great. a lot of fun and educational for us. Uh, I'll make sure that I have links to all of your you know, website and, and social media and all that stuff in our show notes so that people can uh, reach out to you for either for videography or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll make sure I have all that in there. Um, and you know, just looking forward to seeing more great photography. Mm. Just thank you again for, yes, for all for of this. Being and, here. and we wish you great success in 2022. I appreciate it so much. It's been really great talking to you guys. Thank you. Thanks oh, again, thank you. Sarah. Once again, we'd like to thank our sponsor and encourage you to check them out through the link in the show notes. And thank you again for listening.